Our planet is our home and she needs healing. This is the time to act to prove that we care. Let us come together as one consciousness and bring up in our hearts the most beautiful and most powerful feeling known to humanity, the emotion of love. Together we can revive our beautiful blue planet, ensuring that she thrives for future generations. By collectively connecting with universal love, we can rise our own in the planet's vibration and aid in its healing. Join the One Million Meditators Global Movement today. Welcome everybody to Conversations with One Million Meditators. Today's a really fun Friday and I'm so excited to be joined by Lisa Marie Pepe. Welcome. Thank you much for joining. Thank you so much for joining me here today. You are so welcome. Thank you so, so much for having me on your show. Yeah, it's, it's going to be so great. It's been a while since we've connected, so I'm really excited to have this conversation. But for those of you watching, I just want to take a moment and introduce Lisa. She is the confidence coach and online visibility expert for passionate and purpose-driven entrepreneurs, a certified consulting hypnotist, a five-time number one international best-selling author and co-creator of the Art of Unlearning anthology series. Mindset Mastery for Entrepreneurs, a motivational speaker and podcast host of The Resiliency Factor with Lisa Marie. Trained at the graduate level in both education and clinical psychology, and over three years of experience as a successful virtual assistant and social media manager, Lisa Marie empowers her clients to fully embrace their unique gifts and talents by providing them with the skills they need to develop rock-solid confidence, become vibrantly visible online, and transform their wisdom into wealth. Well, that all just sounds fantastic and amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's... um. It's something that I know God just put on my heart and I know that I'm here to really just empower uh, as many people as possible, but women in particular, to really feel more confident, uh, to overcome the fear, the shame, the guilt, all the things that many of us hold from, you know, our early, you know, early childhood, um, even up to our early adulthood, really. And uh yeah, feeling confident, being visible, and being the creators of our own wealth is super, super important for me. Mm, well, I absolutely love it. And I know we've got so many juicy things to talk about. I love your background. I know we've spoken before a little bit ago, and you've mm -hmm. added so many more new tools to your toolbox. Yeah. Um, but I would absolutely love to begin by asking you a little bit about meditation, um, mm -hmm. you know, here on the One Million Meditators platform and, and how that came into your life. Because um, um, I know it ties into your work in many ways. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So... I was always someone who prayed, right? So probably from the time I was a child, a teenager, I always, always prayed and I always believed in God. I would even write to God, I'd keep a journal. And then 
I um, had this accident in 2011 and I injured my neck and my shoulder and I've had chronic pain ever since. But one way to actually help ease the pain and to take away the fear of pain was to actually undergo hypnosis. And I found this incredible woman. Um, her name is Penny uh, Chasson. And I did, I did hypnosis with her. But what she taught me was self-hypnosis, which becomes very, very meditative. And so for about three years now, maybe three or four years, um, I've been actively doing self-hypnosis slash meditation, right? Because it's sort of you know, they're on the, uh, the same spectrum. And so it's just, it's really helped me tremendously to deal with pain, but it's also helped me tremendously to not feel as stressed out about things, not feel as wound up or anxious about all of the uncertainties that we're all going through right now. Like every human being on the face of the planet is going through some form of you know, uh, the unknown, the fear, the anxiety of everything that's been happening. And that meditative practice, I believe, has helped me to be much more grounded. Um, and so I, I just schedule it into my calendar every evening. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you a little bit about kind of ties into the podcast you run, the resiliency factor. Mm -hmm. um, and the word resiliency right now, I think, is one that, it's, it's kind of a bit of a powerful one that's resonating right now, especially with what's going on, I think, in our experience um, all around the world. Um, so I'd love if we could talk a little bit about about that and um, um, yeah, yeah, a little bit about resiliency. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I truly believe that we are much more resilient than we realize. Um, I believe human beings are very, very resilient. I also, I know the power of resiliency because I've had to be resilient in my own life. And I think back to some of the really terrible times, the times where I've been knocked to my knees and praying and crying and asking God, why, you know, why am I going through this? Why am I feeling this depression? Why am I feeling this anxiety, et cetera. But then I also have come to realize that you know, while I believe in a loving God and a just God, I also know that God helps those who help themselves. And that's what I've learned on my journey. And so recognizing that and understanding that I had a role to play in my own healing and knowing that I can't just sit back and be a victim to whatever has, you know, been thrown at me. Life is going to throw curveballs at all of us. And there isn't one of us that's going to escape without going through loss, without going through separation, without having something from time to time just come up where you're unprepared, you don't know, um, you weren't expecting it, and suddenly you find yourself and you're in like a really, you know, uh, tough situation. And so for me, my, my real awakening with resiliency was probably back when I was about 32. Um, I had been really living my life and trying to please everybody else, trying to always be a perfectionist, which is such an oxymoron. Um, and I had this automobile accident and 
I allowed that accident to really knock me down. And yes, even though it injured me physically, I had damaged my neck and my left shoulder, which wound up in surgery and all this. What I realized was that I allowed that incident to pull me into this like dark hole. It was like almost three years after the accident and I was still not living my life to the fullest in any sense of the word. I took, you know, I had gone through graduate school. I had two master's degrees. And at the time of the accident, I was working as a licensed massage therapist. So when it, when this accident sort of came out of nowhere, right? Um, I found myself feeling very, very depressed, very withdrawn, very much, um, not only physically in pain, but like psychologically wounded. And it took me almost three years. I took really crappy jobs in that time. Um, I took a job as a telemarketer. I'm not putting anybody down who does that kind of work. But I will tell you that with two master's degrees, begging for a telemarketing job for $7 and change, and then getting fired from that job, um, you could tell where my mindset was, where my own sense of confidence, self, self-esteem, self-worth, like I, I, I didn't have any of it. Like I, I just gave it away, right? I gave it away the night I got hurt. And it was an incredible um, breakthrough moment for me. I happened to be working at a gym after I got fired from my telemarketing job. And um, a woman that I had known for a really long time who was a member at the gym, she had the courage to call me out on my own BS. And it quite literally went like this. I was in the bathroom at the end of the evening cleaning up the area around the sinks. I was emptying the trash receptacles, et cetera, in the stalls. And she had gotten to know me really well. And we had gotten to talk, you know, here and there. And so I was in there one evening and she literally says to me, can I ask you a question? You know, and I said, sure. What, you know, what, what's up? Um, and she said to me, what are you doing? And I kind of just took it at face value. I said, well, what do you mean? I'm just cleaning, cleaning up. Like that's what we do at the end of the night, you know? And, and she looked at me again and she said, no, she said, what are you really doing? And again, I was like picking up trash. Um, I was being a little facetious and I said, do you want to help? Ada? Like, I'm like, I'm not understanding the question. And then the third time she looked at me and our eyes locked and she said, I don't mean, what are you doing right now? She said, I mean, what are you doing with your life? Why are you here doing a job that quite frankly, a, you know, a high school age kid could do without even a high school diploma wasting your true talent, your true gifts to be helping other people. Because that's the thing, even though I was down on myself and I wasn't fully loving myself and fully expressing, you know, my own, uh, you know, desires and things, I was never unkind to other people. 
So even though I was still a shell of myself and I was feeling very insecure, I would still always say hello to people. I would still ask them how they were. So she saw something in me that I could not see in myself. And that evening, well, first of all, that moment, I mean, I tell people that was the moment my soul just was like, like cracked wide open because for the first time in my life, someone had the courage to call me out on my own BS and say to me, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Look at you. Like, look at you. Like, why are you, why are you here? You are so gifted. You are so talented. Like you're wasting your God-given talent hiding. And how can you unhear something like that? Like at, in that moment, I was a little stunned. I was a little shocked. I was a little deer in the headlights. But the conversation on the way home was very, very different. The conversation I had with myself, which was, she's absolutely right. What are you doing? Why? Why are you doing this? Things have to change. And that is really what set me in motion to change my entire life. Um, I was scared, but I knew that I, I had to change because living the way I was, I mean, it wasn't a horrible existence, but it certainly was not at all like living my best life. Right. Like not at all. I was taking these really crappy jobs. I was working for minimum wage, always working nights, always working weekends, not ever feeling like I was doing important work. Right. And that was the moment my soul just blew wide open and I was ready for it. But it was almost three years of being in a kind of a funk and a downward kind of like hum ho kind of, you know, just kind of showing up uh, kind of way. And that's that's what did it for me. I mean, it just it blew me wide open and I knew that I needed um, some support. So I got the support I needed. I hired a professional resume writer to help me bridge the gap right between like two master's degrees, working clinical mental health to like telemarketer, right? Like there was so much, like all that stuff needed to be reworked. So I hired a professional resume writer. I hired a naturopath to help me get back on a regular sleep schedule. Cause I was going to bed at like three in the morning, getting up at 11 AM working night shifts. I mean, it was just really bad, but I had to change like everything. And, and I hired a therapist. I mean, I went back into counseling and I said, I really need to turn my life around and I'm ready to do it. And yeah. so that was the beginning of like the resiliency, like comeback, you know, and uh, it's never, never quite been the same. <laughs> you know, I've gone and, and since then I've experienced tremendous loss. I've, you know, lost my mom in 2020 and, that's one of the most painful things I think anybody can go through is losing their parent, their best friend. But even that didn't break me, right? It, it, it hurts and I still grieve and I still cry, but it did not break me. Whereas beforehand I was so fragile. I felt like I was so fragile to anything outside of myself. And I think because I developed all those skills, it really helped me tremendously to grieve, to cope, to heal, um, all of that. Yeah. 
Well, it's so interesting um, how it seems as though it's the times in your life where there is those things that come up that, you know, creates that contrast that mm -hmm. seems to be what's needed to push, you know, to that next step, to push to that next level and want to like break out of this, like, you know, pressure zone maybe that you're in, if, if yes, it's so called exactly. that, you know, and I'm just curious because I know you've got the background, you know, in clinical psychology and you practice hypnotherapy. What do you what do you find is common with your clients that um, that happens in order for them to create that shift? Is it is it that something shows up in their life that has to totally shake things up in order for that to happen? Um, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Yes, I would say yes. And I was thinking about this even the other day because even now, like, there's a couple things for myself that like I'm still trying to get back on track. Um, with everything that's happened in the last 19 months, um, especially after losing my mom, um, my life did get a little tipsy-turvy, you know, like I started going to bed later and not getting up as early as, whereas before I was very like on point, I was in bed at the same time every night, getting up at the same time every morning. And I was thinking about this and, and really it's that we really only change when the pain of staying where we are is greater than the pain of actually making the change. So I know that's true in general, like for human behavior, we don't change things unless they are so painful. And we finally like, I've had enough of this pain, like the pain that you are experiencing staying where you are, is so great that you're willing to then experience the new pain which is going to bring you to the other side that's true for me that's true for my clients that's true for most of humanity um we only change when the pain of staying where we are is greater than the pain of moving forward yeah yeah it's 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 it's, it's interesting you know as this last year has gone on it's been really um just interesting observing people and seeing the different changes and shifts that they're going through and some are making very drastic changes and others seem to be kind of just going about their day-to-day -day life so it's you know it's really been interesting because this has really had I think a ripple on everybody in some way a little bit you know just the shifts that have gone on so um I would love if you tell everybody a little bit more about what you do and how you help others move through that because I know you're brilliant and oh. you You've been doing this for you know for a long time so so yeah i'd love to know what it you know if there's um even well obviously share what you do but then possibly if there's like you know maybe a little tip or, or strategy or tool that you know might get yeah. You going yeah absolutely so you know first and foremost um my biggest thing uh, my reason my why my you know, reason for getting up every morning is to really use the painful experiences I have gone through and the painful experiences I witnessed my mom go through um, in the latter years of her life leading to her premature death. Um, and I do everything I can to help women feel confident because I've seen and I've experienced firsthand what happens when we are not confident in ourselves and we give away our power to other people, right? 
Um, so I, I, you know, referenced before, you know, kind of falling apart, feeling like I was lost. That wasn't the only time that happened. You know, when I was 27 years old, I had a nervous breakdown and it's something that I was fearful about talking about it. I was fearful that people would judge me. Um, but the truth is I had spent 22 years of my life in school, being a perfectionist, overly perfecting everything I did, um, taking really, really hard jobs, trying to save the world basically, right? And what I learned was that number one, it wasn't my responsibility to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders as I was doing. And also that I really needed to work on me before I could jump into trying to help other people heal their own, you know, hurts and, and, and the pain that they were experiencing. And so at 27 years before the car accident, I went through a really bad time and I realized that it was because of a lack of confidence. It was a lack of self-worth. It was a lack of self-love. And, and if somebody had asked me, I would have said, sure, I love myself. But the truth is, I obviously didn't, right? Because I kept pushing myself when I knew I should have stopped. Pushed myself so far that I just completely just broke down. I was physically and emotionally um, just bankrupt. Like I had nothing. I had nothing left to give anybody. And so I knew what I experienced as a result of giving away my personal power, not feeling confident in who I was, and not loving and accepting myself unconditionally. So many years later, right before my mom passed away in 2020, in February of 2020, she had been um, a registered nurse for her entire adult life. And she was unjustly let go from a position that she held for 38 years because somebody else decided for her that her time was done. She was making too much money, too much insurance, and just didn't see a need for her anymore. So when that happened to my mom, my mom had tied her entire identity to the work she did as a nurse. When that wasn't there and it was taken away from her, I watched her spiral downward. And it wasn't but five years later that she passed away. And that was by far, even all the pain I've gone through, and I've been through some really tough things, watching my mom fall apart and watching her regress back into a childlike state because my mom had been severely abused as a child. And what had happened was when she was let go from that job, because she didn't have that solid foundation in who she was without the titles, without the status, without the, this is who I am. And therefore this is, you know, what I do is who I am. Um, all her childhood trauma came back and it came back with a vengeance and I witnessed it vicariously and it was awful. It was so painful to watch my grown mom have panic attacks, nightmares. Uh, it was just, it was 
horrible to watch. And as much as I miss her, even now, I know that the only way she could find peace was to just follow the light when God came to her. I, I knew that. And so I made peace with her the moment at one, at one particular moment when she was in a coma and she was in the hospital. And it was a really strange thing that had kind of happened. It wasn't any physical illness or anything per se, but she just had a seizure one night and they happened to be eating. My dad happened to be in the restroom, came back. She was unconscious on the floor. That was the last time my mom was ever awake. And so as painful as that is for me to even like remember or think about that night or whatever, it's like it gave me it gave me the reason to keep number one to keep going but it also gave me an even bigger reason and solidified for me why i am here and that reason is to help women truly feel confident in who they are as human beings not as all the defined titles that they have but in who they are as like children of God and human beings. So having gone through my own painful experiences, then witnessing my grown mom, who was like freaking solid as a rock all of my adult life, watching her deteriorate mentally and physically because she gave that power away she gave it away to an employer that didn't really give a shit about her. And then suddenly when it was taken from her, she didn't know who she was. She just didn't know. She didn't know how to function. She didn't know who she was in the world. And as I was standing at her bedside, she was in a coma and I knew she wasn't going to make it. And I was crying and I was pleading and I was begging, you know, all those things we do when we just want this, we just want it to be different than it is. And I felt my mom's soul depart. I felt it. And all of a sudden this like electrical charge came through. It left her and it literally came up through my feet, through my body and it landed right in my heart. And I knew in that moment, because we were still trying to hold on to like miracles and hopes and dreams. And maybe, you know, the team will tell us something different than what we probably already knew. And that moment was so grounding that as soon as I felt her soul just depart, it was almost as if she transferred this light, this torch, this legacy to me. Because I felt instantaneous peace. Peace I had not felt in a long time, probably since she got let go. And because in the back of my mind, I was always worried about her. And... In that moment, I just knew, like, 
God was telling me, like, don't let her death be in vain. Don't let your own pain just be because it just happened. And that's okay. It's great that it happened. You got through it. Like, no, for me, it was like, here is your legacy. Here is where you need to go now because there are so many women. I know that what I went through, my mom went through, I know that that's not like a unique experience. There were women all over the planet who are hurting because they've given their power away to somebody or something bigger or something that just doesn't matter at the end of the day. And so the work I do now I love teaching business. I love helping women develop their businesses. I love helping women become financially independent because as I said, like I watched my mom get tossed away like a piece of shit because she was making too much money and it wasn't good for the company. So in that moment, it was like, okay, this is my role now. My role is to empower women to feel good about themselves, to feel confident about themselves, to love themselves fiercely, fiercely and unconditionally, and then to be the creator of their own wealth. Because I'll be damned if somebody is ever going to tell me that I'm making too much money or I have too much paid vacation time and I'm costing the company too much money. So, well, you know, I guess we'll just have to, you know, get rid of her. Like, I mean, that is the kind of thing that happens in corporate. I mean, it just does. And my mom dedicated 38 years of her life to the same employer. And at the end of the day, didn't give a shit. It all came down to dollars and cents. So for me, that's what I do now, right? That is what I do. So all of the work I do is about helping women overcome fear, overcome whatever pain they've been holding on to for whatever reason, really giving them a solid foundation to stand upon so that when the storms of life come at them, they can literally be like water repellent, right? Like the hurricane is coming, but every drop of water that's going to fall on you is literally just going to bounce right off of you. And that's kind of where I see my role right now. And I don't know if I would have thought that or been who I, I would not be who I am. I can tell you that I would not be who I am had I not experienced my own painful experiences and had I not witnessed what happened to my mom. And I made a promise to her. I made a promise to her in that moment. And I said, I know that you're not going to be coming back home to us. I, said, I know you're going home to be with God. I said, but I promise you, I will take everything I've learned from you and everything I've seen or experienced in these last few years. And I will use that as fuel to empower other women so that as long as I'm here, as long as I'm breathing, as long as I'm alive, I will make sure that that never happens to another woman. And that is really where I'm currently still working. That's why I went and got, you know, certified in hypnosis. Cause that's one more tool that I can help women really uncover that, that, that crap that's just sitting below the surface, but that dictates so much of our perception and our, our way of interacting in the world. It's like half the stuff we don't, we're not even aware of. Like my mom had so much trauma under the surface that 
It was only when she didn't have work to distract her that it all just blew wide open. And I'm kind of like, let's kind of get a grasp on it now so that it doesn't blow up and overtake us mm-hmm. when those storms of life happen. Yeah, yeah. And you know, absolutely, because I think um, generationally, we've kind of gotten to that place of just accepting that, you know, we have these labels that get put on us, whether it's a mom or you're a sister mm-hmm. or you're, you know, working for corporate, whatever that is, and there becomes that attachment. So it really is a practice to go back and remove all of those things and recognize, you know, who were we? Who were we as our inner child? Who Who is it that we really are outside of the job that I go to and the role that I play or, you know, what I do here? And that is really, like you say, it's taking a hold of your power that you have within and recognizing it's available and, you know, as you're talking about your mother here and, and, and using the energy as fuel, you know, we know in this energetic world that nothing's created or destroyed. It's only transformed. So what a beautiful thing to do yeah. to be able to take that energy and fuel it into such a, you know, powerful way that's going to create a ripple amongst humanity and women, you know, remind yeah, you about this. I mean, I mean, somebody's got to do it, right? Like there's too many people <laughs> suffering. Um, you know, and I, I'm not, I don't think that I have the power to like heal the world, like, but I do know that I can do whatever I can to help one person at a time to feel better about herself. And then we do create that ripple effect. Right. And for me, I have always been the kind of person, like I, I never, ever have believed once in my life that like God is like an unjust God or an angry God and that we just suffer because that's what human beings do. We just suffer for no reason. I've never believed that. I have always tried to look at every situation, every situation, even when I was in the depths of my own depression and saying, God, what do you want me to do with this? Why, why is this happening? But even bigger, like, what am I going to do with it after? Right? Like, I know you're using me for something bigger and I know I don't understand it and it's painful and it hurts and I wish it would just end, but please show me at least what is the lesson here? What am I supposed to do with it? Where am I supposed to take this information? Who am I supposed to then help with it? I've always believed that. And I guess that's the difference between being stuck in victim mode versus like being a like victorious, right? Like, Either way, we're all going to have moments that are going to knock us to our knees. The only difference is some people choose to stay down. And then some people say, okay, listen, what can I learn now that I'm down here? What am I going to learn? And then what am I going to do about it? And that's kind of the philosophy I've adopted. And mm-hmm. maybe, that's my, maybe that's my coping mechanism, right? <laughs> because I, I just don't believe that, like, you know, we're just here to suffer. Like, oh, well you know, and not help other people because of it. I mean, I think it's the exact opposite. Like we're given lessons, life lessons, painful lessons, so that we can keep becoming better and keep evolving and keep understanding how we can support and love other people. I mean, it's so important, especially right now. There is so many, there's so much going on in the world right now. And I know that there's going to be a lot of people who need a lot of healing 
as we emerge out of this confusion slash whatever it's becoming because it's become bigger than just the thing we think it is um it's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna feel i think very disheartened very um shouldn't people that are going to be angry when they find out the truth about a lot of things because the truth is sort of leaking out the truth always finds its way out and the truth is coming out in many ways yeah no i know i i resonate with everything you're saying and i feel like that's that resiliency kind of piece that we were speaking about in the beginning and you know i love that you brought up questions because I think as you were speaking to earlier, you know, when something happens in your life that shakes things up, you do, you start asking different questions, mm -hmm. but when you're comfortable, you tend not to, you just tend to go about the, you know, the next day, carry on going about doing what you're doing. So, you know, I, I resonate with what you're saying and that, you know, some people will become more aware and wake up to what's going on because maybe they have been comfortable and just mm -hmm. continuing on and, and it needs that, that little awareness, <laughs> that contrast piece to show up uh, in order to start asking different questions. And, you know, it, 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 yeah, it, it's going to yeah, be very interesting. And, interesting. And, and even myself, like I've wavered back and forth myself between being angry, being afraid at first, right? I was afraid at first. And then I realized, okay, let's see what's really going on here you know, and dig a little deeper, dig a little deeper. I think you and I are pretty much on the same wavelength. I think a lot of people in this space are. We know that there's something much bigger going on. It's not just about the one thing that the mainstream media tells us it is. Um, so you dig a little deeper, dig a little deeper and deeper. And then you're like, oh, Lord, okay, this is like, like, this is like good versus evil or whatever, you know, and this is like the battle for the soul, right, of like humanity. And like you said, I think there are some people who are asleep um, because it's comfortable. It's comfortable to stay asleep. It's comfortable to not acknowledge what's really happening. Um, and I've had people even tell me that, right? Because I've had some really interesting conversations and and people will say things like, well, I, I just, that's too much. I can't, I, I can't even handle that right now, right? Like just, it's just too much. Like I, let me just believe what I'm believing. And I'm like, that's cool. That's fine. You can do that. That's fine. I'm not going to tell you not to believe what you personally feel is best for you. But at the same time, I'm trying to be really like cognizant of the fact that as more and more starts to come out, there are going to be a lot of people that need even more support, right? Because it's almost like when you awake from a slumber, like you're almost like, okay, what? what's real, what's not real. Like we've all had that moment, right? Where you wake up and you're like, maybe it's a day off, but you think it's a day you're supposed to go to work and you're like, what day is it? What time is it, right? Something like that. Um, I do feel there's gonna be a lot of people um, in, in the next several months who are gonna kind of feel that same like, okay, I either have to wake up even though I don't want to, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be forced to because it's just not, you, you, know, you can't avoid the truth. The yeah. truth always comes out. The truth always sets you free. It doesn't mean it's not painful on the way, yeah. but it does set you free. And perhaps that's why I, I have coped so well the last year and a half, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it's probably because 
I my faith in God um, and my faith in other human beings. I don't think the world is evil. I don't I don't think that. I think there are a group of individuals who are evil or acting evil, and maybe they're shouting the loudest, but it doesn't mean they are the most powerful. It doesn't mean that they get to decide what everybody else is going to do. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, right? It's a little, that I, that's sort of how I visualize what's going on right now. Mm, yeah. Well, and, you know, having compassion and kindness too for ourselves and for everybody around right now as we're going through, you know, these shifts and this experience and this awakening, you know, is, is going to be so powerful. And I think that's where these tools like meditation and hypnotherapy and even prayer, as you mentioned in the beginning, you know, it really takes us back to that space. And sometimes we need that silence to, to, to really reconnect with our intuition when we've been going, 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 um, you know, if it's something that we're not practicing on a regular basis and just really coming back to what is our truth, what, what feels good to you, what seems right to you, you know, and I think when we start to ask our own selves those questions and we truly sit with it, then we, we can come to those answers and move forward in a lot more of a, you know, positive way, you know, shifting our perception to what an interesting time to be alive right now. You yes, know, life is a journey meant to be lived, you know. We just had that conversation with a client the other day. We were talking about all the things, the things, the things that are happening all around us. And I know sometimes we skirt around and we call it like, you know, the things, right? Because we're also afraid of like being censored or being shut down or whatever. Um, but we knew, we both knew what we were talking about, right? And um, she said to me, and I totally got it. She said, I almost feel privileged, though, to be alive right now, to witness not the horrific things that have happened and will continue to happen, um, but the fact that there are so many people waking up and understanding, like, you know, we're, we're very much like on the cusp of like, this could go either way, right? Like, so let's get those folks woken up and let's keep moving forward. Um, but I got, I understand what you were saying. Like, it's a very interesting time to be alive. Very interesting. I can, I can imagine now years from now writing memoirs and things like that about this time and being like, oh yeah, like we were totally in the thick of it. Like this, what, what this is what was happening between 2019 and 2021. Let's hope that that great awakening, if it reaches its, you know, um, I guess, uh, peak, right? The the summit of it, which, you know, would be an amazing, amazing thing for the entire world. Um, and I do believe it will happen. I believe it's happening. Um, and I don't believe that we'll be in the turmoil we're in much longer. That's just a intuition kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and I, so I would love to ask you a little bit more specifically about the power of whether it's prayer, collective meditation. I know they're, they're, they're a bit different. They're, you know, there's a difference. Yeah, they are, but, um, but having that one intention together where we collectively gather and we share our energy in that way and put that out there, you know, here on One Million Meditators, we've got our global events every few months. We just had one with 48 hours of love and light and intention mm -hmm. and 
we'll have another one coming up here, um, you know, end of this year. What's your experience with that, with, with gathering with the same intention or similar intention um, on the effects oh. of humanity? Oh God. Yeah. So I feel that um, the more we can have open conversations, the more we can speak to one another with kindness and compassion, um, the better we are all going to be. And so I believe in all of it. I believe in uh, group, you know, meditation, group prayer, group, um, just talking to other people, you know, this is what I what I've been thinking a lot lately. It seems to me that there's a lot of people walking around feeling a certain way, but being afraid to say that they feel this way because they're so afraid that they're going to be judged. And what I have found is that when I have opened the door and just kind of teased a little bit and said, well, what are your thoughts about A, B, and C that supposedly happened here, there, or wherever. And somebody will kind of, they'll, they'll inch their way in and I'll inch my way in. And then before you know it, it's like, you're talking to the same person. Like it, you feel like it's like, okay, so we're on the same wavelength. And I, and I do believe that I feel like there's so many of us who feel a particular way, but because we're afraid of being outcast, we're afraid of somebody saying, oh, that's crazy. Or, you know, you're, you know, just, you know, your head is in the, you know, clouds and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, mm, I think we need to all start talking a little bit more and finding out that we're not all that different. The same pain that this person is feeling here is the same pain that, you know, somebody around, you know, I don't know, 25,000 miles away from us is feeling. So the more we can open those dialogues, the more we can talk to one another, the more we can, um, definitely add positive uh just positive energy into the world the better um i actually went to a protest um at my state's capital about three weeks ago maybe a month ago and um it was very powerful now it wasn't as powerful as it probably could have been simply because we didn't have as many people that could have shown them. But at one moment, one of the gentlemen who, you know, had the bullhorn and whatnot, he um, gathered everybody together. And he said, group prayer, group prayer, group prayer. And everybody, these are perfect strangers. I had never met these people. They all just showed up because we had the same interest. We were doing what we thought was right for children and things like that. So we were protesting um, our governor's um, extension of his emergency powers because we feel that he has abused those emergency powers and there's no need for him to continue having this extension. And so I met up with a bunch of people who felt the same way. We all gathered and we knew that the, the legislative uh, committees and stuff were going to be meeting that day at the Capitol. So we we gathered, there was a bunch of us, um, and we actually prayed. We prayed for the people who were inside that they would have like a change of heart, that they would come to see that maybe this wasn't such a great idea to keep giving him like 
unlimited power. And so for me, that was a really powerful moment. And I feel like even though it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, I still feel like what we did that day was very powerful. And if for no other reason than to just know that we did the best we could, we didn't sit by and just be silent. Um, and for some reason, this keeps playing in my head, like silence equals compliance. Like, I, I don't know why, but that thought rings true in my head, like over and over again. It's, it, and I mean that across every situation. It's like, you know, if you're friends with someone, you know, they're going to go rob a bank, but you won't say anything. Like, <laughs> silence equals compliance, right? It's like, you know, you're sort of equally culpable in some of that. Um, and we all are to some extent. I'm not saying I'm not. Um, but yeah, like getting together and doing things out of, and that's the thing at this protest, it was very loving. It was very compassionate. Um, it was very much like there were a couple of individuals that were really hostile and like angry and and people just walked away from them. Like the, the group of us walked away because we were like, that's not what we're here for. We're not trying to cause any kind of harm or violence or anything like that. We are here to exercise our first right, you know, our first amendment rights and to peacefully gather and assemble and oppose what we think is unjust. And and like I said, you know, the people that were sort of spearheading that were really kind and compassionate. Um, they were praying for the people inside. They were helping each other, you know, and I, it was kind of a cool experience. Like we, I sat down on the grass with like someone I had never met and we just started talking about life and it was a really powerful experience. So I think it's really important that we keep doing those things yeah. and realizing that you're not alone. It's the, worst, it's the worst feeling in the world is thinking like, am I the only person who feels this way about whatever the situation is? Yeah. And the more than likely, you're not. More than likely, you are not the only one. Oh, and I, I'm feeling called to say, let's take a moment and, and share some love right now. I see some people on and I'll say hi to Polly and I've noticed some coming and going. So, of course, please pop in the comments and let's all just drop a heart. Let's share some love. Let's drop a heart. Of course, I always love to hear where you guys are from. Let us know. And if you are catching this on the replay, please hashtag replay. We always love to hear from you and, and drop a heart on the replay. Um, you know, the more love that we can share around, the better. It just creates 100%. a ripple and it raises our vibration personally and it helps to raise um, that of those around us. You know, there's a lot of studies these days with the Heart Math Institute and stuff just showing the power of um, compassion and kindness and love and when we put those intentions out there how it really ripples on to everybody else um, so I love that you share that in in gathering together with that loving energy and you know sending out that light in a different perspective and a different perception and and calling in what feels feels right to you know to our souls to, to us again right so um, so I, oh, of course I have to ask you if I can if I could give you a magic wand and you could wave it, what would you like to do with it? <laughs> oh boy. Um, yikes. What would I do with it? Oh my Lord, there's so many things I would do with it. 
um, I don't know. Is this just like life or is this business? Is this whatever I want? You know, like, I, I think it's like the golden magic wand. It could be anything that you like, really. You know, it, it doesn't have to be specific. <laughs> <laughs> he reminds me of, <laughs> it reminds me of, um, oh my Lord, miscongeniality, where they're all like, in world peace. Like, it's true, but it is true. It's like, I would love nothing more than for all of humanity to just really put down their swords, put down their weapons, whether they're words, whether they're actual weapons and all of the chaos, the sadness, the greed, all of that, I would literally just obliterate it. I would just be like, done. Like, you're not allowed to do this anymore. You're not allowed to do that anymore because you're hurting people, you know? So I would get rid of, um, I guess, just the uh, maliciousness that is coming from some people. It's not all people, but it's it's some. And unfortunately, some are causing like the most, right? So I would um, I would just take away their ability to do that. I wouldn't harm them personally. But I would destroy their power to do whatever it is they think they're entitled to do. Yeah. And um, so, um, of course, I want to ask everybody, uh, or not everybody, I want to ask you to share with everybody um, if they want to find more about you, your work your books that you have available, where is the best place for them to go? And of course, those listening in, we will post in the show notes and in the comments below where you can connect with Lisa. Yes. So thank you so much for the opportunity just to be here. You know, um, it's been a really good conversation and brought up so many different things that I hadn't even thought about, but I've loved every single bit of it, um, which is my style anyway. I'm not a pre-scripted kind of person. Um, best way to get in touch with me would be to actually email me and it's really simple lisa marie peppy it's all one word it's my whole name first middle and last all together lisa marie peppy at gmail.com right now i'm saying that is the best way to get in touch with me because we just don't know the future of any of social media. We don't know the future of anything. Um, what may come, what may may not be here, we don't know. So if you would really like to reach out, please do. Um, I do check my emails. I do open them. I do um, respond, you know. So that's really the best place at this time. Thank you so much. And we can, we can pop that in, in the comments below. Um, yeah, I know this has been so great. I feel like there's like so many more things that we could get into and talk about and even into, you know, the hypnotherapy even more. We're just going to have to get together and, and do this again sometime. <laughs> or I'll have you on my show. Let's do it. That'll be awesome. Let's do it. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be absolutely fabulous. Um, of course, Lisa, I do want to ask you, you know, if there's anything that you want to leave us here with today I you know the floor is absolutely yours I know you have given us so much but but go take away take away <laughs> yeah take away for sure um whatever it is that you are experiencing fear loss grief sadness anger 
allow yourself to just feel it. Don't try to suffocate it, push it down, go around it, um, you know, numb yourself from it. Um, I truly believe that if we could just honestly master our emotions, meaning we don't get swallowed whole by them. Like, as you saw, like I had tears in my eyes and I cried when I was talking about my mom's passing. Years ago, if I had cried like that, I would have been terrified that it was a symbol or a, a sign that I was depressed or that I was gonna fall apart. Whereas now, I'm like, no, that was a very healthy emotion. I experienced it, I felt it, and I'm okay. Don't be afraid to feel your emotion. It, the feeling, the emotion, it can't hurt you. What hurts us is what people do with the emotion, right? If I'm angry and I decide to go out and do something awful because I'm angry, that's where we get into trouble, right? But feeling anger is a very real human emotion. And sometimes in the spiritual sense and all that, it's like we think somehow we're like immune to feeling angry or afraid or, and it does so much more damage to us. Like just call it what it is. If it's anger, it's anger. If it's depression, it's depression. If it's sadness, it's sadness. You're not going to call more of it in and attract more of it into your life if you just acknowledge what it is and then give yourself the grace, the space, and all of that to just heal through it. Um, and by all means, reach out if you need help. Like, you don't have to do this alone. There are so many people who want to help, who are gifted and, and are here to help, right? Like, I know that that is what God wants me to be doing right now, is to help people heal. Um, so that's what I'm doing, right? Like, think of it that way too, but don't be afraid of any emotion you feel. Um, it really, for me, it's about just learning to accept yourself for who you are. And again, it's not the emotion or the feeling, it's what you do with it. I've had a lot of painful experiences. For me personally, I accept them now. I didn't many years ago, but I accept them now and now I use them as fuel to be better, do better, make the world a better place. Um, but don't suffocate yourself. Don't suppress it. Don't drink it away, drug it away, eat it away, sleep it away. Like It's going to be there. So you're going to have to deal with it now or tomorrow morning, right? So that would be my best advice. Give yourself grace. Thank you so much for that. I absolutely love that. I love that you shared that. And what a great way to end on such a positive note. Give yourself some grace. Um, I would absolutely love to thank everybody that joined in today. Um, again, if you're watching this on the replay, let us know. And of course, I want to thank you so much, Lisa, for your time and sharing your energy, your light, your love, and the work that you do in the world. So it's just been such an honor to have you here today. I'm Women Meditators. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody watching and thank you to all the replay viewers as well. I look forward to hearing from you in my inbox.
Absolutely. And we will be back again next week. Have a fabulous weekend. Bye for now.